Hey fan peeps, this is your podcast host Kunal here. I started this during the pandemic, and in this podcast I discuss my nerdy thoughts and hobbies with you, with the occasional special guest. From anime to zeppelins, we talk about it all. Kids are so much fun when it comes to pets. Like, mm-hmm. like when my niece and nephew had, well, wanted to be put down, unfortunately, but like when they had both their dogs and then when one passed, they definitely opened up to both their dogs. And one of them remembers the dog that was put down because they would give them hugs all the time and then like they would defend that kid. So like even when someone wouldn't do anything, they would just like growl at them. Aww. It was very sweet. And she always brings she's like, yeah, Dottie's dead. I miss Dottie. And it just... Gets you right in the fucking heart. Yeah, that's so sad. Yeah, my coworker told me that's actually the do- that's the dog you drew for. Oh, okay, Daddy, yeah. the like black and white dog, so cute. She's adorable. Yeah, but they're smart when it comes to pets. It, it they are like so. My coworker has a son who's I think like four or five, and so whenever he draws family portraits of them, Ooh. he draws a tombstone with the dog underneath, buried in the ground. So he includes the dog in the family portrait, but he knows the dog is dead. And oh, man. Um, that's the, intelligent and heartwarming. I know. And like the coworker who I work with, he's like, he's like, I don't think he's like, I'm not concerned. He's like, but I am concerned because he keeps drawing it. He's like, if it happened one or two times, it would be a big deal. But he keeps drawing the dead dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know how long the dog's been dead. So I'm like, I don't know, man. It's your kid. It's your, yeah, yeah. Their family, but. <laughs> I don't see that as abnormal, though. I think that's, I, from what I've seen from what kids do, that sounds pretty normal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Talk about a way to intro. Um, Although that was the intro? <laughs> no! So, <laughs> um, talking about talking about dogs and life and death, or, and, and kids and intelligence. Um, beautiful. Yeah, actually, that actually really does hit a lot of the points today, believe it or not. Amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm not even just making that shit up. That actually does hit a lot of the points that we're talking about today. Okay, before I go further, uh, <clears throat> my good friends Sam and Elena are back. Hi. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for coming. We, Thanks for having us. Like I said last time, we were super... Oh, of course, always. You guys are, you guys are delights. I mean that. Thanks. Welcome, man. <laughs> yeah. Welcome. Welcome. Um, we had fun last time. Dude, I had so much fun <laughs> like editing. It took me forever to edit that shit because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Dude, it was like a goofy hour and a half for it was. sure. <laughs> it was a very goofy hour and I, I would do it again um, mm-hmm. in a heartbeat. But and here we are. Here we are <laughs> finishing what we what we had planned. Talking about Korra, Legend of Korra this time. Yeah, so let me set the stage a little bit for, for a minute. Aang's dead. It's been about 70 years-ish. Um before he died, he teamed up with Zuko and decided to make something called Republic City. So this was where all nations could potentially like have a ground to talk with each other, to be very open with each other. It's almost like a democratic way of doing it. It seems like, at least out here, that technology has jumped centuries worth. They have automobiles. They have explored metal bending tremendously in this place. So cool. The White Lotus have saw the next uh, incarnation of the Avatar, and it's it's a young girl in the Water Tribes, and her name is Korra. So hence the title of the show, Legend of Korra. Cool. So that basically sets the stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't I start with like what I like about it? Is that cool? Yeah. That sounds great. Cool. And you guys chime in whenever you want to chime in. Yeah. 
So I love, I'm a sucker because I was, a, I'm a history kid and I always will be in some form or fashion that I got to see what the world was like after, dare I say, the gang with two A's. <laughs> Double A's. Double A's, just like the battery. Like the bit. <laughs> you know where I got that is because like my name is originally spelled with one A, but like when I came here, we did it to make it easier for white people. Back backfired miserably, by the way. Oh no. <laughs> they were like, oh shit, two vowels next to each other. Oh my god. So like I exactly. That's literally what happened. And then I go like, yeah, can all two A's, like the battery. And then they like they could write it after that. I was like, okay, cool. I read Kunil, Kumal, oh, Jamal. Man. Just mm-hmm. fuck all yeah, yeah, because ja. Because that makes Obviously, sense. Obviously, J's right. and K's literally yeah. the same letter. Um, but that racism aside um <laughs> we we got to see what happened with the story that they with the, the stage that they set after the war ending and the fire nation being their their expansion occupation being stopped mm-hmm. uh we got to see all the kids grow up in specifically from their children's point of view because the only one that is around well there are only two members that are around at this point from the original team avatar the rest of them at this point it's the next generation's story now. So we got to see the world from uh, that perspective and then see also how they really made mistakes too. Yeah. Is it really only two left? From the original team? Yeah. Because it was... Uh, no, three. Yeah. Three, three. you're right, you're right. I three. Hope Good was, call. She wasn't yeah. And Toph. I feel like Toph and Zuko though had the most screen time. Like Katara was like around, but like I yeah. feel like it's kind of in the background though. She was very backgrounded. Yeah. And I and I kind of I, like I get it cuz she was it's again about the next story, but I I would like to have seen a little more of her. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Especially like cuz like you know like obviously we have the children so we have Tenzin mm-hmm. and his sister's name uh Kaya. Kaya and then Umi. Umi. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It kind of just came <laughs> to me now. <laughs> I'm like oh, what are they called? Um, but there's a like, lot of characters in this show. There's yeah, I feel like there's way more important characters. Yeah, because like even though not everybody, like because like with the original Avatar, we had like basically the same six people we always saw, and it's easy to else. follow that way. Yeah, super easy to follow. Which I guess it was probably also for like a younger. I feel like a younger audience. Yeah, because I feel like Korra in general is was supposed to age with. The people who watched it yeah you know so like and she's older she's already a teenager when this yeah happens. So she's already a teenager hormones are kicking hormones are kicking she's already a teenager and by the time the kids who grew up watching avatar but by the time cora came out everyone was a teenager already because it came out what 2012 2008 cora yeah 2012 okay 2012 because i was my sophomore year in college so yeah okay so yeah, yeah we were yeah. all adults at this point and yeah the show, I think, yeah, adults yeah, with the biggest, <laughs> with the, with the, oh, hundred percent, with the biggest air quotes. Man. Yeah, the biggest. <laughs> we had like yeah. half a brain formed, and we're like, we're adults. <laughs> but no, I feel like that the show very much reflected that part of our our age, our like the audience's expected age, and then the age of the character. And it should because like the first show starts in two thousand four ish, two thousand three ish, and then ends in two thousand eight. So then you have a four year gap. So that's a, enough time to go through college. To, sorry, that's enough time to go through high school or to get to high school mm-hmm. if you're that demographic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is like the perfect time to for them to do that next kind of story. So it mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. I mean, hell, some of them might have been out of college having kids and like, okay, well, this is something else we can watch with mm-hmm. our kids. So it's a great move when it comes to that. Ninja Turtles does something similar where like their current iterations of it, they can watch it with their 
their kids or grandkids at this point. Oh, that's cute. Which is really interesting. Like if you look at, there's a great documentary. Completely, I don't didn't expect to talk about this today, but like there's a great documentary that outlines. It was the toys that made us, and so it was. Oh. It's on Netflix. Really worth watching. They talk about how like the it's almost a dynasty of turtles. We were just talking about turtles mm-hmm. actually. Now that's probably why it was fresh in my head. Yeah. And they, you know, now that it's been almost 40 years, like the kids who grew up watching it back in the 80s can now watch it with their kids. And that's exactly what my brother's doing with his children. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's pretty fucking great. Yeah. All right, cool. So back to back to this. We got to see, thinking of the gang with two A's, we we got to see this beautiful moment uh, at the end of season one. We'll, we'll be jumping around a lot in this in this episode today. But there was a beautiful moment where like Korra loses her powers from the from the main bad guy in the first season mm-hmm. on. And you think it's Tenzin that's walking up to her and, and they don't really like it, it's something that I didn't really realize until after the first season was over, after I had some time to just think about it. But she walks up to that precipice and you don't realize that she's considering something, some like really dark things mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. She's considering just like ending it all right then and there. And you see a guy in robes walk up to her and she's like, Tenzin, just, I'm tired of your bullshit. Just please leave me alone right now. <laughs> and then it turns out to be Aang. And literally every kid just had their heart jump at that moment. And yeah. they saw him with the, with the Aang beard and just go, I don't know who voiced him. I quite frankly forgot because I was just so excited to talk about the scene. Mm-hmm. And what happens next is like he's able to to heal her and show her how to heal everybody else. I thought that was just beautiful. I love that yeah. ability for yeah, they made it a lot more seamless in in Korra, where you could talk to the older avatars. Yeah, I feel like she got to like connect with the past in a way that Aang had a lot of trouble not maybe not a lot of trouble doing, but seemingly like, so. Yeah, like we only ever saw him really talk to Roku or Kyoshi, and some t- only once Yang Chen. Yeah, only once Yang Chen, and yeah. he just didn't quite have the same. Like he had such a strong connection with Roku, you know. Which I know, like, that's, like, part of it, right? Like, the avatar before you, you know, is, like, kind of, like, your your buddy in yeah. your avatar life. Because he did. But what I feel like with Korra, it was, like, as you said, more seamless. It seemed like yeah. whenever she she didn't have to, like, oh, I got to figure out how to contact the spirit realm. Like, he was just there when she needed him. Didn't have to worry about going to the bathroom beforehand. Like, yeah, it was, nothing. <laughs> was, all, was, all, was all ready to go. She had trouble getting to the spiritual like, realm. She couldn't, thing. she couldn't access Aang when she wanted to. Right. This comes later, I mean. What? Like, after the first season. I would say. Oh, yeah. I would say after the first season gets easier. Yeah. Because like Air is so connected to the spiritual side of the Avatar that it's like, that's why she couldn't airbend until like the very last episode. Mm-hmm. And that was just out of like a gut reaction. She just was able to do it in the middle of nowhere. And then she loses her abilities. Well, they, rather they get taken away from her. Yeah. So that was really cool seeing the new technology because like everybody had technology from the 20s. They all of us. Cars. <laughs> Welcome to the Sato-mobile. <laughs> and, uh, and they had like... <laughs> Dude, that guy's so voice good. is iconic. <laughs> I love I love that announcer. Okay, I love how he sticks around the rest yes. of the show. <laughs> yeah, he's just always there. Knock talks back at the movies. <laughs> it's like he always had a job. It's okay. <laughs> It was like the one time I was like, uh, I was happy to have recaps for any show. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause he, yeah. Like, t- it was a lot of fun that way. Yeah. I love how there was just one normal bear that they, that they referenced and they were like, it's not a platypus bear. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a, it's not a turtle bear. And they're like, no, just, just a bear. <laughs> and they're like, weird. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. It was one of those things that just stuck with me because it was so, 
random. That's so funny. Yeah, because every animal is some kind of combination. Turtle ducks, yeah. sky bison, like... Mm-hmm. You, polar bear dog. Polar... Yeah, that's uh, right. Naga, yeah. Yeah, like a... Um, there's Laura's pet. Yeah, yeah. It, it's some kind of something lemur. Lemurs, flying lemurs, like maybe like bird lemurs of because they start. flew, right? Yeah, lemurs don't fly, but they yeah, Momo, yeah, yeah, Momo, Momo does. flew, and Momo does. normally do not fly. <laughs> I guess yeah, technically a flying lemur. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you took a like a bison and make him super sane, he'd be aha. So it's like it works. <laughs> super so, yeah. sane. Yeah. Bison. <laughs> 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 he just. <laughs> Super Saiyan Bison. He's just ultra instinct. That's why he's white. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, I did not even put this together until now. <laughs> he's just like, he's a vegetarian, just popping sensu beans in the background. <laughs> Holy just, shit. That's his whole diet. Just oh, sensu beans. Just sensu just beans. Sensu beans. <laughs> that's why he's always ready to fly. Always. That's amazing. Yeah, I love how we. Got to see a lot of the darker side of things, like I've mm-hmm. mentioned before. We got to see dark sides, of, mu- much more of the darker side of like water bending, much more of the darker side of like air bending. Yeah. Uh, and then you could even argue we saw the darker side of uh, earth bending too, with how like they're able to construct these huge things. And uh, oh, actually, this is one of my favorite parts too. They, they fucking used mechs and mini mechs throughout the show too. Mm-hmm. One giant mech with Kuvira and then one mini max with when Sato builds yeah. the whole thing for them. That was really dope. This one really like chilled my bones when I saw this. Admiral Zhao is still walking the spirit realm. Yo. And that was that dude's been punished yeah. for eternity. That's for almost sure. That's 70 years he's been walking. Yeah. And he was like trapped in that like sandy whirlwind. Yeah. And thing. he reaches out to Tenzin. He's and and you can he's wearing the same armor and everything. And I wanted to bring this up not only because we we brought up the the big fight in the last episode, but like it was chilling as I was working on my notes for that. So I was like, that was a really chilling part. And then Tenzin just like shoves him away. Mm-hmm. And we'd never see that guy again. So I'm like, that dude is still wandering. <laughs> that dude to this day <laughs> is still, still in the spirit realm. Like you see his like uh composure broken from this uh overconfident general to now just like just desperate and mm-hmm. eternally being punished for Rightly so, in some ways, to like to destroy the balance of everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really fucking scary. Then remember, like the the Wanchi Tong Library. Oh yes, the fucking you, you were cracked. <laughs> I'm gonna out. read Canal's. Please here. go for it. What what he wrote? It's uh, like we the saw bottom. the nerd who wanted to stay in Wanchi Tong's library reduced <laughs> to a pile of bones. This poor man, our <laughs> anthropologist, reduced to a dead nerd. I mean, in the library, his hat was still intact. That was the craziest <laughs> part of the whole thing. He's just and like he's just like like, like a fucking <laughs> dead body kind of like cut out. Just, I know, like surrounded by books. Yeah, just, which I don't know. I feel like that's like every way every nerd wants to go out. No, like <laughs> not maybe not. Okay, it depends on the nerd. So if you're like an I'm <laughs> extreme obsessed nerd, you're like I want to go out researching what I love. They, I'm glad you found that funny. I thought it was hilarious because like I've been I've been finding out recently. I've been doing notes with other people for other podcast episodes, and they find it funny. And I I guess I write how I type. And I don't realize that. And like, a lot of people don't write how they type sometimes. Mm-hmm. So then I write like, oh, gas, maybe this like this. And my friend was like, did you write, oh, gas? I can't <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess I did. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was really, so there's some really cool parts right there. This one, we honestly could do a whole episode on, or like a, maybe I think just under an hour for mm-hmm. it, where it was talking about 
We got to see the very first Avatar. Yeah, Avatar so 1, cool. Voiced so cool. by the the great Stephen Yun. Yay, we love love Stephen Yun. We do. It had a whole thing where he was like, "My name's pronounced Yun, not Yun," and it was on Conan and shit. So like, yeah. Oh yeah. So let, let's go back to Avatar One. Yeah, beautiful story. We got the, overall, it's great. Yeah. What do you guys like about the? What do you? What speaks to you about that part? Because when I said that to you earlier, really, we were prepping you guys. Your lights, your eyes lit up. Oh yeah, for the Avatar One yeah. story. Well, I want to start with what I like about it because. Um, so it's the lion turtle, right? And so the lion turtle is what's gifting. Gives him the gift of fire. Yeah. And it's like a temporary gift, you know, right? It's like you come, you take your fire, whatever, go do your thing and then give it back and you go back to your village. Right. This is like everything's surrounded by lion turtles. There's no earth as Mm -hmm. such, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And it's just... It was just a really like lovely sort of, I feel like this was like a analogous to like creation stories. So we're finding the creation story of the Avatar. And I think it's just what Avatar does so well for a Western audience is really showing the connection to the earth, which I feel like so many cartoons like aren't, do aren't able to capture that well, besides like Miyazaki. Um, and they're big fans, of, like we said before, they're big yeah. fans of Miyazaki. Yeah, and I yeah. feel like that definitely shows with that sort of attention to not just to the earth, but also to the har- harmonious connection between humans and earth. And that is like embodied just in the avatar existing in the first place, which I think was just so cool. And the way we got to learn about it was so cool. I love how you said harmonious because that's harmonia, um, harmonic convergence Yeah, is the term that they use tr- like throughout the show. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just... Echoing that, I love how you said that. Yeah, it's a great concept. <laughs> Sammy, what'd you like about it? Oh, what an imaginative, <laughs> what an imaginative like origin of the Avatar, and like to have that like, oh, this 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 thing that previous to this point, like it's just something that has always been. And he was kind of a punk, <laughs> like like he was just kind of a ruffian. He was yeah, he was a dork that almost ruined everything. Yeah, from his naivety. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hey, these two spirits that I told you anything about are fighting. Get off of him. It's like, it's like the like the meme of some or like the video of a guy. Like, there's a huge fight going on. He's just eating his food, just sitting over there, just eating his food. And like, I don't not involved in this at all. Amazing. I think the the animation style, the drawing style. Oh yeah, it was a slightly different. It was like you were in a dream mm-hmm. most of the time. Yeah. It's really trippy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Just. Whatever speaks to you. Yeah, it was like, a, it it really just, it felt like, I, I was so, it was so cathartic to, to receive that piece of the story. <laughs> and I didn't even know that I wanted it. You know what I mean? Can you, can you talk more about that? That's, that's really interesting. What do you, uh, catharsis in what way? Well, it was like, we got, I guess, you know, cause like Avatar, The Last Airbender, and then into Korra, like we are getting, we're getting this these isolated stories of what the avatar is yeah, you're getting the whole picture now yeah i get what you're saying now okay. we're getting this whole like now everything even though this world is already pretty vast and broad now we're getting it's just way expanded yeah everything is huge now it's like oh my god yeah and you mentioned something in the notes here yeah go for it connecting that zuko alone episode yeah you oh, want you yeah, want to take it away go for it yeah. Like, yeah, you well, you were the one that told us about this, but like, uh, the Battle of the Earth Discs, like in that episode with one Avatar One, he's like, he's talking with um, uh, what's not about to uh, Rava, Ooh. and he's like, I'm sorry, 
I wasn't able to bring balance and peace as he's dying on this battlefield. And this is like the fourth battle he's been in that we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. And so like this, we, we see the echoes of this, like the, the stories that we're getting now are like intrinsically connected, have always been connected in the way that the shows were written. So exactly like, Mm -hmm. uh, and by that, I mean like when Zuko, like the title of Zuko alone, when he's on the chicken horse <laughs> yeah chicken horse i don't know what it's called i don't know about right yeah like, we'll, we'll go with that and he's wearing the <laughs> i legitimately don't know the name of it i can see it in my head but i have no idea okay good it makes that makes me yeah. feel better um, and oh it's, just, it's some sort of ostrich i think it i think it was an ostrich yeah ostrich I, I think like something some kind of huge ostrich camel abnormally large bird that mm-hmm. like does not exist in real life yeah. um that, that i know of at least <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah he's in in the background and it's it's a, such a throwaway thing like when when you see it it's like oh it must have been a big battle out here then when we get Korra we get like oh shit that was this battle and those have been here for thousands of years upon thousands of years so because we don't actually know how long Avatar yeah. Wan was we how long ago we don't know how long ago that was or the you know the Avatar realm or whatever. Oh, that's true. There's like a whole look at all like all the different avatars, all the generations of the avatars. So like approximately like what sixty years in Avatar, roughly maybe. Yeah, yeah. Saw some of them dying real early. There were a hundred. Yeah, at least maybe. at least. Well, no, actually, like remember in the room in one of the air temples, like there was first like, season. People, right? Yeah, in the first season there yeah. was like the circle, but then there were people like statues of avatars that you couldn't see in the background and shit just so many so that implied that this has been going on for a long ass fucking time regimenting that up this might be a bit of a jump but we can (laughs) set it now and come back to it later a lot of people especially the fans are like so pissed off that Korra broke the connection between her and the past avatars and i'm like that was more mm-hmm. um the bad guys that did that yeah that's not Korra's fault that and was Unalak's fault all, or whatever the fuck that dude's name was yeah he's a bastard um his, crappy uncle yeah hey be better uncles out there folks yeah like me um <laughs> prime example here <laughs> just just use your eyes uh use your ears and this isn't recorded visually but use your ears all right whatever sensory perception that you have use it okay but yeah like, there's a there's a whole part of like everyone getting mad about that or at least certain fans getting really really angry about that here's the thing though there was only one more two more spots and ang was one of them which means the cycle had to re- re- uh, restart. So it was planned from the start. Yeah. Like talking about like throwing seeds from Zuko alone in the earthbender discs that are probably like flown around to destroy other armies. Uh-huh. This was there from the start too. Mm. They were planning on redoing everything at this point, at least in, from what I can tell. Oh, that's so cool yeah. to think about. Yeah. Right. Because like there's only two spots left. Why would they only have two spots? Wouldn't they have a bigger stadium if that was the case? Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's like that meme. You just gotta be that guy that points to his head like the. Uh, can use your head. That 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 is an interesting thought, and that is that I will I won't go into this into too much detail now. But that what you were just talking about about people getting upset about Korra for this thing happening. Uh huh. Is I feel like it's it's part of this it's unfair treatment that Korra receives from fans. Yeah, I have a whole section for it, but I want to at least bring it up now. We can definitely hit it again. Mm-hmm. More than happy to because we're gonna need to. Yeah, um, definitely. I feel like so many people were upset at Cora for not being Aang. And which is so unfair. Which is unfair. Like it's like this is a different person. This is a different story. Like this is literally a different avatar. But it's it's that it's a common thing of like we have a formula, let's use it and 
when there's like when it ends, you want it to continue again. At least some people want it mm-hmm. to continue again. I mean, hell, that's human beings in general. My point being is that it's if you get the same, it's weird because like every story has been already told in some form or fashion. Um, I had an improv teacher that said everything's either fucking or fighting, and I'm like, that's not completely wrong. <laughs> uh, and it kind of I hate that you're right, but it kind it was it was kind of like. It was so crudely said, but so <laughs> accurate at the same time. <laughs> there, There's no way to... Every story's been already told, but then also when you're telling the next story, you can't have it be the same at the same mm-hmm. time. It's very... Like, words fail me in this explanation. Yeah. But you have to change it up to keep people interested. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. I think, like, I really liked what they changed about it, too. And I liked that this show was so vastly different from Avatar. Like, yes, it's in the same universe. Yes, we see a lot of the same characters that are really wonderful and nostalgic to see. But this is a totally different show. And it should be. exploring different things. Like, Aang was exploring, like, kind of like growing into himself and growing up and taking on his role in the world. Right. Like, more or less. But, like, Korra's exploring to find where she fits in a world that says that they don't need her anymore. You know, and that is just like, that's a very beautiful way of saying it. I wanted to, I had a line that, but since you said it, I have to, I have to say it now. uh, Cause I just feel like it's, it's so important is that Korra was an avatar that had to learn how to be human. Whereas Aang was a human who had to learn how to be the avatar. Mm -hmm. And I feel that encapsulates exactly what you're saying too. Yeah. Like they, she relished the power and didn't like humility. Whereas Aang was fucking his bread, his butter, his gel, jelly, and his jam was all about humility. And he did not want anything to do with power. Mm-hmm. So it was both of them trying to find polar opposites of what their goals were in life. Yeah. And so, I, yeah. I wonder like how many times that occurred in the Avatar cycle, like with an Avatar who a good point. didn't want to necessarily be the avatar versus an avatar who really took it very seriously and probably is like a huge nerd about the last avatar yeah and like i I, yeah i wonder if this is if this is like just one of those like um back and forths or balance sort of situations that occur in in their whole in their cycle in their whole cycles we'll probably find out more when the more more of the graphic novels come out yeah more of the graphic novels or when i actually read the kyoshi books one day i'll read the kyoshi books i mean one day very soon one day i'll read them too (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a good story i know maybe we can talk another episode about that i'd be yes book club kyoshi and then (laughs) (laughs) um you think stephanie i would want to dude i know they would want to talk about kyoshi kyoshi is the halves over mic we could do it yeah, I have Stephanie, if you're listening, you're going to talk about Kyoshi with us. Oh, yeah. Stephanie, got a shout out. <laughs> um, they got a shout out. Hell yeah. Um, so Harmonic Convergence. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite parts about Harmonic Convergence is that we finally healed the rest of the Air Nation. Oh, oh my gosh. Man. That was like the one right. of the best parts of the show. I'm pretty sure I cried for like four episodes because oh. I was just like, oh, they're here. They have their benders are back. <laughs> And, and I agree because there's just part of me is like, this is way too much pressure to put it on one family. Mm-hmm. I mean, then you got to consider like, I mean, me and my fucking crazy ass mind will be like, oh, what about inbreeding? What about genetics? What about <laughs> <laughs> what about the genetic diversity of I the air like, nation? <laughs> we need to keep this girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is not all Tenzin's job. No, it can't be. It can't be Janora. It can't be. If hell, if it's Milo's job, we're all fucked. Oh my God, Milo! I <laughs> loved Milo. I like, did too. But the he's... amount of fart jokes that child made in the entire series was just 
So good. So good. And he looked like if Aang was Aang, it was on crack. Like, is basically what it was. Yeah, like if Aang was like, just like roughed up a little bit. Yeah. And it's like his design was like crumpled paper. And he's like, that's what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, he was great. It was free. Love Milo. Um, one more part that I like, spiritual bending was just mesmerizing. As much of an asshole as uh, Unalak was, like, the spiritual bending was very, like, calming. I don't know if you remember a whole lot of spiritual bending. He was only down for like one season. I don't really remember it a whole lot. Yeah, it was very like uh, Qigong, Tai Chi-esque, and it was very beautiful to watch. He was the reason why she was able to do it. Uh -huh. uh, I think she, like that's another thing, but there's so much. And this brings it to one of my like, not criticism. Uh, I'd say criticism would be too much. My One of my issues with the show is just like, there's so much packed in. So much going on. And there were less episodes than The Last Airbender, mm -hmm. which is even crazier. Mm -hmm. There's so much packed in and so many characters to remember, you get lost in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like four mini stories. It's Seriously. Four mini stories. Which is rough. Yeah. It's hard to get through. And it's it's hard to like they're like the one good part about The Last Airbender, it's just a difference. It I don't even know if it's fair to say if it's better or worse, but just different because the war was the entire show, mm -hmm. whereas mm -hmm. this was like mini conflicts, like full season long conflicts that were happening and yeah. like stuff would be kind of like shuffled or not shuffled around. But like there would be certain themes that would stick around. But yeah. Yeah. There wasn't like because like with Av Avatar The Last Airbender, there was the whole, like, as you said, the war was the unifying conflict. And that's the only thing. Yeah. The characters had to think about. The only thing we as the viewer had to think about was the war. Every time was like, okay, they're going to do this. They're going to do that. And like, mm -hmm. now it's like, okay, who's the villain this time? Yeah. And that's kind of honestly what I really liked about Korra. Okay. Was that it broke down that idea of the big baddie. There was no big baddie. Okay. There were several small baddies. And were they really baddies? They were people trying to do good that kind of fucked up a lot. And that's what I love about it the most because like my kind of one gripe that I had last episode was like Ozai was just kind of we barely got to know him yeah we kind of get to know him that Sammy brought up in like the the novels mm -hmm. that show up later but like I don't even know if we get to know him that well even in those yeah so like in this we actually get to see like okay like the red lotus forming makes a lot of sense it's kind mm -hmm. of like the Jedi's like getting invested in politics and fucking everything up mm -hmm. honestly yeah, I think, yeah and that is really the only time I'll ever do a Star Wars reference but <laughs> I'm a huge Star Trek fan um <laughs> you're like no more of that <laughs> No, gotta, have, gotta have my division somewhere. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I actually have grown to really like Star Wars, especially with the Mandalorian. So one of my favorite parts, and Sammy, I wonder if you, you feel similarly, um, is uh, pro-bending. Oh my gosh, yes. Like, oh, let me tell you why. Because you get to finally not only pick your players and have like ultimate national unity with other, other people, the benders and other nations and shit like that. But you get to take classical stances and modernize it to a kickboxing X S grappling kind of hodgepodge that we have today. And I thought that was tight. My friend Celeste, who was the same person that was able to train with Toff's teacher, when we when this came out in college and we were watching it, he and I were the only two people in our group of friends that were like, "You guys don't understand how cool this is." Or <laughs> like, we were like, "This is awesome." We were. He's like, oh shit, they they went from here to straight up here. I'm like, okay, it's it's modern day fighting. Let's do this shit. Yeah. I love what do you think? I love that. I love that you I love that you thought about that. And you know what? Thank you. You know what comes to mind is I think that Uncle Iroh would have loved Propent. I think he would have enjoyed it. Oh my god. I have just been a huge fan. He would have been like I, he would have been the commentator as like, let me ask you about <laughs> he's like he's like, have some tea. Let me ask you about today's match. Yeah. 
let's calm down and discuss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see how how the, all of the um, because you know, like some people say that Uncle Iroh was the like the avatar that didn't wasn't the actual avatar, right? Like he studied all of the different all the different mm-hmm. forms of bending, and he yeah unified them. He he like he. Jeet Kundod them. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Yeah. He mixed martial arted them. And I think that's why he would have loved pro bending so much. Cause, and that's what I think pro bending is one of the, like the beautiful ways in which Republic city is showing why this is a, why, why Republic city as an experiment is a, an important experiment. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unity. It's a it's a great step for it, and I just love how like the stages were like Super Smash Brothers stages. Yeah, it did look Super Smash Brothers. They were so yes. insane, right? Let me correct you. Like, uh-huh. they looked insane. They're yeah. absolutely like crazy. Yeah, shit happens, um, which was awesome. Yeah, it made like the fights with the equalists who are trying to you know end bending for everybody. Like it made those like battles that they had with them so much more intense. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Um, anyhow. Uh, that's really interesting. I really loved that part, and yeah, I was also just like I, there was a fond memory of me that I had my my roommate told me later on because like he had someone over and they were they were hanging out and I was like I'm just gonna watch Avatar put my headphones on they're like cool so I do it and I didn't realize I did this but when I met Aang's grandson near the end of the episode I started laughing and he apparently said it was like a Joker laugh <laughs> and uh, and it was when Milo came on the screen and I was like oh shit my bad man he's like no nah, it was just funny to hear man I'm like okay cool. <laughs> He's like, oh. Milo. <laughs> I brought <laughs> I brought this point up earlier, but like I, I feel it's really important to bring up again. It's I I really I it took me a long time to digest Cora. It took me years to digest Cora and just be like appreciate what, we're tr- what was trying to happen, mm-hmm. what was going to happen. Like I said, like Cora was learning to be human, and then Aang was learning to be an avatar. And it it's oddly enough, as I was typing these notes out, this is a very big. I didn't I didn't think about this, but there's this whole point of in the Bhagavad Gita of when I'm rusty on this, but when Krishna is talking to Arjun, and Arjun is supposed to be the one he's supposed to be the the one who wins at the end of the battle. He's supposed to be the one who's victorious. He's destined to be the winner. And the people he's fighting are actually his cousins. Right. There's this whole thing. So it's this whole story about understanding duty, as far as I am able to surmise from it. And it's it's interesting because it reminds me of like Aang's struggle to be that. And I forgot to bring that up then. But at the same time, uh, throughout the story of the Bhagavad Gita, there's also this understanding of like, what does it mean to be human? Mm-hmm. And so I feel like that also kind of coincides with Korra. And I wonder how much of that was influenced accordingly for that. Yeah. So I, th- that's just something that I, I personally had to, I saw and I wanted to bring up. So word. Yeah. Word. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I think... I think both of these shows did such a good job balancing like duty, community and individuality in a way um, that we don't often get to see on TV. Like that's something like I was thinking about this earlier, like that I really love about anime in general. Like let's say like shows from Japan, like we often have like this individual rising to duty, but he doesn't ever do almost ever do it alone. He's got us the power of his friendship, you know, and that's how it. And that's great. Which is trophy as hell, but we love it. <laughs> Which is trophy as hell, but we yeah. love it. But as social animals, like, yeah, we do it. We don't do these things alone. Which, like, in contrast to maybe, let's say, like John Wick, you know, a, like a Which is, American-made yeah. movie, which is like him murdering everybody, getting revenge, but mostly by himself. Mostly by himself, and even 
Yeah, mostly by himself. He, but he does get help from people. That's the that's the crazy part. He does get help from people on the sides, but like it is kind of unrealistic where he's able to just mow down armies that are coming down his way. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch. <laughs> it's great, and I think that's something that I feel like Avatar like kind of brings both of those things together. Yeah, because it is this one person who is super fucking powerful, who is destined for greatness, destined to do great things, but like they do it with like a close knit group with them the whole way it's just back and forth that like all three of us come from collectivist cultures in some form or another and it's very weird like growing up in the states being very individualistic even going to therapy is Mm -hmm. and even i've had pretty much every therapist i have i've had say like all of this works for western ideas of of living it's not it's not it's not they, they haven't really tuned it towards like mental health and a collectivist unity yeah it's kind of a new I don't know about a new concept, but like it, it just hasn't worked its way into there. So it's just, mm-hmm. I, I am sh- positive that all three of us have to balance that. And it's incredibly hard by like, like getting over intergenerational trauma, international, not even trauma, just like problems mm-hmm. and just bad habits that we all have been kind of handed to us and trying to learn as much as we can from taking care of ourselves in therapy. And then like, okay, well, how does this work in our own culture and family and life? Mm-hmm. Which I think is something that echoes from that. Yeah, because I think like there's there's a fine line, right, yeah. between like just like fully diving into individualism and then you find out you're alone. Like, you know, like so I work in a bookstore now and you know how many titles come out every month about loneliness in the United States? Like, wow, so many like it's it is a problem here in this culture of and I think it's a result of our hyper individualized yeah, um, values. <laughs> you know, it's so weird to bring this up. I've been definitely trying to figure out in my own life, like, why do I feel so alone? What have I done that's made me so alone? It's so, I'm not even joking. I'm not even saying this for the podcast. Yesterday, this is what I was like trying to journal about and be like, why do I feel so alone? I have friends. Mm-hmm. I have people that I stay in touch with, but why do I feel so alone all the time? Do you want us to check in with you more often? I mean, I would not say no to that. I would love that shit. Mm-hmm. I love hanging out with you guys. I'm not just saying that for the podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, uh, we could do brunch. I'm a fucking brunch bitch. Like I, I love that shit. Um, and yeah, no, that that's beautiful. Um, so I mean, I to be fair, I should do it too. But well, that's the thing, right? Like I should do it too. with the individual, like especially with our therapy mindsets or like the the things we've learned in therapy. Yeah. It's like you got to do this for yourself. It's like not fucking always. Like we need people to help us too. That's true. Lean on us too. Okay. Well, thank you. I feel like I have to, though. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's something we all... We all do. No, uh, but seriously, yeah. thank you. Thank you so much. I really mean that. I really yeah. mean that. Um, I don't know why I just shook both your hands. Okay, no, something, <laughs> done something a little less. We just sealed the deal. Sealed the deal. <laughs> Crunch fact. Um, I didn't expect that to get so personal. <laughs> all of a sudden, but sometimes that makes the episodes better. So, um, mm-hmm. Or just it makes me better, too. So thank you. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, bit of a bit of a trail on that one, but that was worth it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, the first season had Steve Blum voice. We love Steve Blum. Three, two, one, let's jam. Like, <laughs> in fact, you're using the coffee yes, mug with the bebop mug. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, man. I got a shirt that came with it. So, yeah, I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you afterwards. Uh, I'm such a fucking nerd. Um, uh, if you don't know, he was Jet from. Cowboy Bebop. It's the main character. It's just like basically defined a lot of kids, um, Adult Swim era entertainment yeah. for a while. Toonami voiced the Toonami guy. Tom the Robot. Yep. Mm-hmm. All iterations of Tom the Robot because he apparently kept on getting killed. <laughs> what? Yeah. 
so there's this whole I, I didn't know about it until I looked into it as well. There's this whole like backstory with the guy who's running the ship. That's why he looks different in every like every couple of years. Interesting. Interesting. He, he uploads his consciousness and like the ship just like builds a new body and just it's wacky. Okay, fucking that. Cartoon Network with your like thirty second story. <laughs> so here's the deal. <laughs> like <laughs> Like fall seven times, get up eight. <laughs> like there's like, and then meanwhile is like, okay, we're just like having existential crises over who you are at this point. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna upload your body into. Okay, all right, whatever, cool. We're just gonna put that in the back <laughs> Sure. Um, Cora was voiced by Janet Varney, and I have a fond I have fond memories with her because when I was a kid, I used to watch cable TV, and she was always on this show called Dinner and a Movie. Mm. Where was her? Mm. You, you probably ring a bell, right? No, I didn't have cable growing up. Never, so I truly do not know. I did Janet Varney. I did not do anything but watch TV. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll just I'll fill it in. Oh uh, <laughs> yes, tell us. So she was there. Uh, a guy named Paul Gil Martin who has his own podcast that's really really good. It's really all about mental health. He's a former addict um, and former. He's he's a current comedian, former addict, and he runs his podcast for the most part. And then they had a chef on. I don't remember the chef uh, at all, uh, but. They had this on there, and and then when I saw Cora was up, I was like, why does his voice sound so familiar? And I looked her up, and I was like, holy shit, it's Jenner Barney. And I didn't know her name at the time, but I was like, oh, I know her. Like, that was that was kind of cool. That's fun. Yeah. Um, show the mistakes. Uh, yeah. I yeah. Think let's talk about the, mis- you know, like, quote, unquote, mistakes. Yeah, I was, I, look- I was looking at the next point. I had Some of these points got repeated because I was... I just repeated them. I, 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 I thought I had something else funny to say, but I don't. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the mistakes. Chime yeah. In. So I'm thinking about, um, so like the reception of the show. And so I'd say this was like pre-2020 before Avatar and Cora came back onto Netflix and everyone rewatched it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like people would tell me like, oh, you got to watch Avatar, but like, but whatever about Cora. And I, oh, that was the response I got was whatever about Cora. I was probably one of those people too. Yeah, I don't remember, so we don't. We'll never know. <laughs> but it was like that was like the general vibe was like you know like Cora's story was lesser than. I think I told you like it was different and be prepared for it to be different. Yeah, I feel like that. That sounds more about what you would tell me. Yeah. Whereas maybe other people were like, don't even bother. Uh, <laughs> they all apparently sound like valley girls yes so. they're all uh lumpy space princess in my mind uh, <laughs> oh my god Pulse oh my god <laughs> um but i think that was like so like the reception of cora as a character so cora comes out what in like 2012 or so we have an indigenous woman as the main character right and from what I've read online, like they had a fucking hell of a time getting this approved. I'm sure. And because, you know, you know, racism, it's, a, it's still, the, it's still yeah. red and it doesn't I, go away. And, and especially in 2012. <laughs> I will admit like Jenny Varney is a blonde white lady. Like she has no, mm-hmm. I, in, I hate to say this as much as good as that she did. She has, I don't like that she voiced her because yeah. this is a, com- this is a culture combination of Indian, uh, native indigenous, uh, American, I guess, in some ways, or Inuit culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very weird to have that dichotomy go on. Yeah. Which I, I go back and forth about too. It's like, you know, so like this is part of why I feel like she was done dirty by the writers. Mm. Like, one, I know like they struggled to get her to exist in the first place. Yeah. So I'm glad that Cora exists. Stepping stone kind of idea. I think so. Yeah, you I know, take that. I take that too. I would say so. But like, um, 
by that I mean like you we do this so we can get other people uh who are more uh not just voiced by white actors yeah um, for for people of color characters go ahead yeah so like like we have a marginalized character who maybe someday we'll have marginalized characters voiced by marginalized people which is usually kind of like where we're heading i feel i hope for the most part Uh, for the most part yeah but either way so like they struggled to get her to exist so now she exists and let me tell you she fucking suffers she suffers through this show she has like ptsd legitimately legitimately like she like the idea, like, you know, like, so Cora is here to become human. Or, like, you know, like, like not become human, like, humility. she is human. But, like, yeah, learn humility. Yeah. But, like, she is humbled. Like, the magnitude in Every- which she is humbled. Yeah, just over and over and over again. Especially in part uh, four, three. Part three, part four is so hard to watch. Yeah. But, like, even in part one, like, you know, she's like, I'm here. I'm the avatar. And they're like, got a little we baby, don't... baby bump when she's there. She's a little adorable little tummy when she's like, I'm the avatar. Yeah, you with it. So cute. Adorable. But, like, then she, like, gets to Republic City ready to help the world. And they're like, we don't need you. So that's, like, her first humbling. Like, literally, like, yeah. this is her role in life. And they're like, we don't need you. It's kind of like uh, when Toonami was was first being done, there this was a documentary I, I heard about like anime in the in the West, and uh, they were talking about they had to take certain steps to make sure that it wasn't too in your face of it being from Japan because mm-hmm. it's only been fifty years since World War II. Yeah, which I which is like kind of like maybe do it back, and then, and then maybe think I was like I didn't know what anime was until I was much older. Like I thought they were just weird cartoons. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so one of my okay, so we're talking about Cora being humbled. Right, Cora has been humbled repeatedly, like in the first season, in the second season, like her the big decision that she made, which was keeping the spirit portal open, keeping the yeah harmonic and, versions, yeah the that. Har- yeah keeping yeah. that open and connecting the worlds, which was um I don't remember who closed it. Was it Juan? I think it was Juan. It was Juan that closed it. Okay, yeah. so like so she is seals Vatu in there. And mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So, like, she is changing the world and based on her decision. And she is constantly questioned. Like, literally, like, everyone hates it. Everyone's so mad at her for doing this. Like, what the fuck were you thinking? But, like, I think that is, like, because as you were saying, like, there were only two spots left. Like, this is, like, signaling the end of the Avatar cycle because she did what she was supposed to do. Of this set Avatar. Of this yeah. of this set of Avatars. Yeah. And I think that's, like, I think that's super cool. And I was like, that's great. But, like, again, she was, like you know, like dogged on. I feel like even like- the- She was dunked on like more than they did in the 90s, man, for basketball. It, it <laughs> like constantly dunked. It's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> more than my brother dunked me in the pool every time we go swimming as kids. Alex. <laughs> Shout out to Alex. Damn it, Alex. He's a big Star Trek fan. <laughs> <laughs> big Star Trek fan. <laughs> also a big nerd. Um, anyway, uh, but- The shadows today, I love it. I know. Um, I just feel like that, like that was part of also like why- I was like bothered by the fan base reception of her was just like like she was like ultimately like so criticized. I have I have like very vivid memories. And to be fair, like it, we were in college and they were young when they said this. So I give the breath of maturity for today. But mm-hmm. um, there's like, yeah, man, I'm just tired of Cora PMSing all the time. And I'm like, uh, uh, I'm going to let's, yeah. let's change the subject. Um, yeah, and I think that's like a big. I know, right? And this is like most of what it is. It's like most of the criticisms of her are like ultimately like veiled misogyny. Not like obviously not yeah. every single one, but a lot of the big ones. Like eighty percent. Yeah, the majority. Yeah, it's just like come on. Like it's like she can't do anything right. It's like, but 
she changed the world. You can hate her for Rock her personality. Yeah. You, you can dislike her for her personality. That's valid. But like, mm-hmm. if you're just insulting because of how her, like, who she is as a human being in terms of like, like how she's born, like mm-hmm. born as female, like, come on, like, yeah. get over yourself. And I think that's something like, especially like at that time. So like 10 years ago, like people really... I feel like this was pre-girl boss feminism. Oh, 100%. And so we were still in this sort of like post third wave feminism where everyone hated feminism. So yeah. seeing a strong female character like made everyone upset and annoyed. Like, And the way that she was also like, I feel like she was written in a way for the future, you know, like she was out of her time. Like if Cora would have been written now. Everyone would love her. It would be everyone lot, would be thrilled. That would be a lot better. Well, yeah, it would be much more well received. That is true. Yeah, I think she would be crushing it right now. If- I also love how you reference Girl Dinner from Barbie. <laughs> I love the Barbie movie. So with my I mom. Still seen it. Oh, it's it's fun. It's fun. I saw it with my mom, my cousin, and my niece. Great time. Mm-hmm. We all dressed up. We wore like like pink and purple. It was fantastic. Love that. I have pictures. I'll have to send it to you. Yes. Uh, I really want to see that movie. Um, but like I think. Yeah, that's like this is my biggest, I guess, concern is um, bringing Cora into the world, into an obviously unsafe world. So we like created this marginalized character in all sorts of different intersections and we brought her into a world that wasn't ready for her. And so she was just fucking just shredded, mm. just absolutely shredded by the fan base. Um, from what I've read and heard, like they had to condense parts of the story because it was like dropped by Nickelodeon. So, so she didn't even get the screen time she was supposed to. They yanked it before the last season. Like I didn't watch the last season until one of my friends told me like, no, it's worth it. Just watch it. And it was online. And this is way before streaming got mm-hmm. big. This is like 2015. Like streaming did not really get big until like two years later. And then it's now it's like you can't do it. You can't live without it at this point. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And it's just like she's like a sacrificial lamb, I guess, in that way. It's like she she was here so that we could... You know, have other characters in the she future. So that other people could run. Yeah, so that we could have, like, like She-Ra. Like, you know. Ooh, we got to do an episode on that. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. let's talk about She-Ra. Russian, Russian. Um, and that's just something that I think uh, I feel like is a is, has been a um, disservice to her. And I would like to see Nickelodeon do something about that. Because what was this? Like, a few years ago, they had, like, this... Um, it was, like, for Pride. And they were showing all their queer characters that had been on Nickelodeon. And they had Korra and Asami on there, but it's like, but you didn't give them that time when that, they asked for it. I and mean, you can do that now. I am so good. Like, give us just one episode. So that's all I want. That just one episode of Queer Joy, and I'll, that's that's all I ask for. I would say, you know? I would say more. Give us more than one episode. Yeah, well, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, well, like, <laughs> give me a whole season. But like, I will settle for one episode. <laughs> like, well, could you imagine if we got a full season? The hate that would happen from that, my God. No, no, no. I would love it. If but we like, got yeah. a full season of Korra without any of the production problems that they have, just like full green light, let's just do another season of Korra. Is so it just basically like wipe, like that? So you say like parts of it wouldn't be canon at this point, or you just like continue it on? No, just like just make a new season. Make a new season. Okay, just cool. make another yeah, season. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be so fucking cool. Yeah. And I think we, I think there's like, I think there's capability for that in the future. I think there would be. And I think there's space for it. Like in our culture, like there would be less pushback. There would be less pushback from the Nickelodeon executives or whoever would be in charge. Like maybe we can't show gay kissing on TV. It's like, well, now you can show gay kissing on TV and we want to see it. Right. So like give us the show. (laughs) Yeah, man. I I agree. It'd be great. That's the great part about animation is like you don't have to worry about people getting older as such. And they could totally do the show. No problem at this point. Yeah, I I know they're making 
they did. You guys, I think you both read the, the when they go in the spirit world. There's like a there's a novel when they go in the spirit world mm-hmm. at that point, right? Or do they show part of it at the end of the show? Yeah, like Sorry, uh, the when, comic. When, I don't know if you read when it. Chorus and Asami go to the spirit realm. Oh, I didn't for I their creation. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. But that does exist. It does exist, and it was great. You read it. You read yeah. it. Turf Wars. Awesome. Love That's it. Right. Turf Wars. Mm-hmm. That's right. Check yeah. it out. Read it. Read it. Uh, Everything I wanted, except for like I would like to see it in live action as opposed to just on the paper. But still, I'm glad it exists and that it is canon. You know, I, I was thinking about that too. Like, what if they made the search into like a that <laughs> Well, thank you, Sammy. I'm glad, glad you like it. <laughs> um, I wonder if I, it would be a lot to put into one movie. A lot to put in one movie. And I wonder how mm-hmm. much would they have to choose what to put and what to take out. But I don't know. I would love to see it mm-hmm. if it did happen. That would be really cool for me. Maybe depending on how well the Netflix live action does. Because I mean, right. they, they, they have a few projects lined up. Like maybe we'll see it. Like, because we see with Star Wars that um, like they're, is this is a thing so this is a thing about Korra and with like with like these universes like once I once I fall in love with a universe like it's really hard for me to like find any criticism I I just dude I envy that in you man <laughs> I really do I, I will literally not find out that people have problems with something until after I've seen it like I will watch it all the way through and I'll just be like wow that was so cool <laughs> and then I'll go on the internet and just see like, people fucking hated that shit and I'm like what <laughs> and it's like, like me <laughs> and like I can see those criticisms you know I you know I think people's feelings are valid and for their own experiences and everything but for me like with the Star Wars universe, with the Avatar universe, like drop me in the world and like explore it. Like that's awesome. That's all I'm asking for. It. You know, like, I just want to be in that world. I think this is where the internet has just like we love we love to jump on hate trains, mm-hmm. and because it's a fucking fun ride. Like you're going a thousand miles an hour, yeah. or over nine thousand miles an hour. And- nine thousand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah. Um, but like. Like even we haven't even touched on the animation or the drawing style of Korra. You totally can. The fight scenes, dude. You want to? Let's hit it. You brought it up. Let's hit it. Good. Even if we just looked at Korra from how cool the choreography and the fight scenes are, it's amazing. Like it's so cool. I want to jump off of that. Let's do it now. You brought it up. Mm -hmm. So pro bending. Like in the first season, she's still very much fighting classically. Mm -hmm. Then as the show goes on, especially after she does the dramatic haircut and then mm-hmm. is like now in boxer stance going against Quivira, mm-hmm. she does a fucking judo move at one point where she like, um, at least it looks like a judo move where she is able to like climb onto her, grapple her and then flip her over while she's inside of the mech. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Some of the best, some of the best fights I've seen. You run on there. I saw it. I caught it. Uh, you want to talk about the fight? What Tenzin beaten Zaheer's ass? That's right. <laughs> Yo. Yo. I okay, first we haven't talked about Tenzin either. But before Love Tenzin. Before we go into this, is there anything else that you wanted to like like Yeah. Lena, do you have your points? points. Mm, or, um, unfortunately the point has evaporated. Va- vanished. Um, <laughs> it may it may come back around. Okay. The best part about if ADHD it comes back around a circle. You know? If it comes back around, just just <laughs> stop us yeah. and tell us. I, I apologize if we made you lose it. Oh, it's okay. I don't think I had it to begin with. Okay. So <laughs> just, meandering thoughts. Um, yeah, I mean I love how it showed 
how regional regional team avatar like messed up his parents if we want to talk about Tenzin let's let's fall on from here yeah like he was the only airbending kid out of all three of them mm-hmm. Kaya and Boomy Boomy was just a fucking crazy pants like he, he just he was a lovable crazy pants mm-hmm. he's like I guess I'll just go be a captain in the army in the army it's like, oh wow, this is the low bar for you. All right, well, the biggest air quotes ever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not like <laughs> protecting the nation or anything like that. And you know, Aang spent all his time, and I get it because he had to he had to propagate and made sure that Airbending survived after him. Mm-hmm. Because number one, uh, this is a bit of a spoiler, but his life force was diminished from being in the in the ice for hundred years. So like at a certain, that's why he's dead at this point. Interesting. Aside from the cycle continuing, but he's yeah. dead at this point because his life, he only, I think made it to like maybe his forties or fifties. Yeah. Like he died pretty young. For, for someone who had access to resources and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He died pretty young. Yeah. And he's like, I got to make sure that. And so like, you understand that, but then he's other two kids were basically just tossed to the side. Yeah. Like totally neglected. Um, and they were very vocal about their neglect from him. And as I'm glad, and when I first saw that as a kid, I was so disappointed. But then now I'm like, this actually makes a lot of sense <laughs> considering how it goes. And there's a really beautiful part. I I think it's canon or I saw it on the net somewhere. And he is giving Tenzin his, uh, his air nomad tattoos <laughs> and, you know, doing it for him. And he's, it's been 40 years chronologically in his brain not not an actual time mm-hmm. um and he's like doesn't remember how to do it he's hurting tenzin a little bit and then what he does is he accesses the spirits and then everyone who's died from the air nation is like coaching him on how to do it wow. oh my god i've been in goosebumps just like talking about it i was going to burst into tears it's beautiful <laughs> it was absolutely beautiful and mm-hmm. i would love to see that and live action because that's just that's something that would be really healing. Like, they did a lot of healing things in this show. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of healing. A lot of healing. This I'm so I'm so sad. I'm so I didn't mean to make you cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I cry easily. It's oh. fine. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, good, good. Uh, yeah, it was really cool to see them make mistakes. It was really cool to see that you know we, we uh, even Toph magic like she mm-hmm. as much healing as she got in with her parents in the novels, which is not that much. You know, like she got some healing there, but she's still fucked up. A bunch with her kids yeah she was very she was like yeah you know they were good kids whatever i'm just gonna go live in the forest now yeah and, like bye forever yeah she, obviously she's doing this that's because she's hurt too because she's tough and she just likes her isolation mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Uh, her daughters are very neglected and they were born from different um people and i'm not shaming her for having children with other people that's not my point but like never telling them who their parents were and mm-hmm. who their fathers were specifically mm-hmm. And then just, yeah. and then that kind of leads into fan theories we can get into later. Mm-hmm. But we'll, we'll, we'll pop the brakes on that for right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, what else did you think about that? I thought, like, I thought that was interesting. So, like, especially when we reflect on, like, our parents, like, boomers. Mm. Um, so, like, the gang, the original gang. Two A's. Were the two A's. Yeah, it's like the, like the batteries. Uh, <laughs> were, they were children and raised in a world in a time of war, in a time of great war, and like directly the what happened after that war, post war, post war. Yeah. Like they were, that's where that's where their life was. Actually, a lot like my parents. Yeah, and it's yep. a lot like a lot like our parents. Like whether we think about it, like let's say like the standard American whose parents were in World War Two, and then like all the trauma that followed after, like, like and coming back to the states, or like for immigrants, like for us, us. yeah. yeah. With our parents leaving 
their countries immigrating to the United States, a post-war country that wasn't hospitable to immigrants in the first place, um, or at least brown immigrants, brown and black immigrants. Um, But like, I think that, that, that reflects like with the gang, like, so they, that's where they grew up. So they grew up in this like hard time. So like, of course they were kind of shitty parents, you know, like they came from like a lot of stress. They had didn't necessarily have that space to like learn how to be good parents. By the time they're teenagers, they've gone through a war. They've literally gone through war and then they went through rebuilding after war. Right. And then like they're, yeah. And and they barely met Hing's parents. No, they're never met. Yeah. Never mentioned. We just see him being born. That's a, yeah. And we just like his only like parental figure was uh, Makiatsu. Maybe Roku, maybe even some ways Iroh. Yeah. So I just think it's like really interesting as um, like Tenzin and um, oh god, what is her name? Kaya. Uh, not Kaya. Um, oh, you mean Toff's Toff's daughter? Um, Suyin and um, the really badass lady. Suyin. I thought that was Suyin. But what's the the Lin, police Lin, chief? Lin and Suyin. Yeah, Lin, Lin and Suyin. Okay, so like Lin's these, the chief. Yeah, Lin's the chief. Okay, yeah. so like these children, like are growing up in a time of prosperity, right? Like ideally, like that they're growing in the time of rebuilding and prosperity. So they didn't see this huge war. So they didn't quite have that same like sort of like traumatic connection that their parents had. Right. And I just feel like it reflects kind of a lot with boomers and millennials, you know, like because we didn't see that connection that our parents had to the war. Right. But well, maybe not. Maybe it's more so like. It's similar. It's there's there's some sort of thought there there's, that is not quite like, fully connected. I mean, like we but. we grew up hearing about it, which is what their kids, which is what like Kaya, Bumi, and Tenzin grow up with. They hear about it and they see the rubble, they see the reconstruction, mm-hmm. but they weren't there for the bloodshed, and that's a good that's a considerable difference. Mm-hmm. And so like there wasn't even, but when you're repairing a whole society, it takes like three generations to get fully back on track. Really, yeah. In my opinion, like you had the bloodshed, and you had them trying to raise everything up in the rubble. And then that generation is trying to raise them in everything else. And there's like no time for any kind of emotional connection between those two generations. Yeah. And every generation subsequent is like, sometimes I see Zoomers these days and they're like they'll complain about something and I'll catch myself going, that's not a big deal. Why are you mad about it? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I got to backtrack. This. Yeah. Yeah. I bagged the truck up. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Your feelings are valid. Right, and, I'm like, and I'm being an old turd. <laughs> and literally, man. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, there's like sometimes I like see like let's say like something at work that's like like well, it wasn't a great interaction and yeah. I like and you know my younger coworkers are upset and I'm like it's not a big deal I'm like you know what I can't fucking say that because it is a big deal yeah. and just because it's been normalized to me doesn't mean that you have to deal with that right like I was oh God like there was a do I even want to say this story <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I was recanting a story to my hairdresser great she gives me great haircuts. Shout out to Marcy. And I was, t- I was telling her a story about, and she's around our age. And I was telling a story to her about like, yeah, you know, I had this really racist encounter at a GameStop where someone asked me, why do all the tech support people have, our, who are calling from India have like in like American names? And he like tried doing the accent and shit too. Ugh. And I was just sitting there like, like standing there laughing because I couldn't believe it was actually happening. Um, and I was telling my hairdresser then she was like, she was, she was definitely like perturbed by it. And I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is defense mechanism. Fuck. <laughs> this is funny. Oh no, it's not. It's trauma. <laughs> I was like, oh, well fuck. Well, this is a great haircut. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Anything else you wanted to add, Sammy? I don't know where I started, so I don't know. Okay, cool. 
That's well, we're talking about Tenzin beating Zahir's ass. Yeah, so just like talking about kids, kids like you know, not the kids not being perfect because their parents were perfect. That's what I was going for. Oh, yeah. I don't have anything to add to that. Word, yeah. big bird. <laughs> let's con- let's continue. Um, uh, one of the parts that I really liked was we're gonna okay that uh, and I didn't really appreciate this until much later was that Zelda Williams got a role in the show mm-hmm. and this is like right around the time her dad is dead. Uh, which was a really rough time because, like, I am. This is definitely getting personal. Like, I got. They kind of reached rock bottom with mental health. I feel like my we're good now, but my family's very much me anti taking medication mm. for a long time. Um, we're good. We've talked about it. Everything's square, but that was happening. Like, Brown and was happening. All of this was happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Rough 2014. Mm-hmm. And like, a part was, was I got LASIK. That was about it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and, uh, this was really cool to see her get a role and kind of come back in any kind of a glimmer of hope, even mm-hmm. if it was like a year after that, the super attractive, like she had a like super ang- attractive voice too. angry villain mommy, like totally <laughs> muscle mommy, right? Yeah. Like, you could pass me around Cooper. That's fine. And she has such a relatable, <laughs> call me just now. Uh, she she had such a relatable story about being like you know an orphan and then trying to make sure that like there would never be war again. So she like did it to, in a totalitarian way, mm-hmm. and then and then her like also accepting responsibility and you know giving herself up at mm-hmm. the end too, which I was really yeah. There was this really beautiful conversation that I had I, I heard where she's talking to Cora and Cora like says like everything you felt was valid. I that's not the problem, but what you're doing right now is wrong. And I thought that was just a very, I didn't, I didn't have the depth at that time to appreciate that. The conversation after her, their fight is just really, mm-hmm. really beautiful and interesting. So, yeah. Awesome. And I, I feel like that, like, that part with Kuvira, like, really, like, puts, like, the cherry on top of what the story's about, especially with these villains. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, all of them have valid complaints and valid desires and wants and the way they want to see the world change for better. But it was just the control part, like them being the one to exert their control over a large population of people without those people's consent. Right. Like that is where they became villains. Like, and I think that's what makes Korra's story so much more nuanced because Ozai was doing that. But it was just because he's fucking Ozai. Yeah. He's like, oh, this guy sucks. He just wants to control the world. But with these villains, it was just like um, with the bender guy like he wanted equality like he didn't want oh aman aman yeah, yeah. i <laughs> forgot his name <laughs> i was like they're all, they're all bending i was like what are you talking about? <laughs> but aman just wanted everyone to be treated fair like equally and like he didn't like that benders had you know more status or whatever valid points which is like a valid point you could boss around a lot of normal people yeah, yeah. and i feel like unalak wanted didn't like that the spirituality of um, Republic City was like so disconnected. Mm. He didn't like that, and like that's also you know fair, especially for coming from a culture that is also on the margins. Yeah, and he was probably the one I relate to the least in terms of being gray. He was definitely doing a lot of stuff for his own gain, for sure. He's yeah. like, I'm gonna like you know like connect yeah, with both two and become this giant monster demon, but not completely <laughs> wrong. But again, like yeah, like his desire for spiritual connection and spiritual connection on a large scale for it to like better the world, like that's fair. That's valid. That's fair. Yeah. Um. And then Zahir's, which I don't remember exactly what Zahir was on about. He uh-huh. wanted the avatars to stop. He wanted there no longer to be avatars. He was trying to bring balance because he felt that the avatar cycle was was actually the reason there was 
like unbalanced. Mm, right. Okay. Which is in order yeah. through chaos. Oh, right. He was the chaos guy. That, yeah. He's much more like order. That's a perfect way of putting it, Sammy. Order through chaos and felt that the white lotus had become bodyguards. I'm sure there's somewhere in there. If I think hard enough about it, I'll be like, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. I do remember there's one part in the series where he is like kind of like giving advice to Korra, which I remember seeing that, was that part. And I part. thought that was really nice. Because you got to see him be like, uh, yeah, that, that's one episode that I really, because he's he's flying, he's chained, he's flying, but he's like got these beards super long, his hair is super long. Mm-hmm. And he's like trying, he actually helps her get over her step over her PTSD. Yeah. In a lot of ways, which I thought was really, really interesting. Yeah. Gurula Gima was the person he kept on reciting. And there's this theory that the Sky Bison, I think we brought this up last time, the Sky Bison are the reason why the why the airbenders didn't fly away. Because it get them tethered to Earth. Oh, that's so cute. Right. <laughs> so like this like it was almost like we, the only thing I can equip like give an equivalent for Zahir's ideas and Gurula Gima's, at least what we're understanding from it is like nihilism just mm-hmm. like it's like fuck everything like that's freedom is is no control or something yeah. like or ordering chaos mm-hmm. is what you're saying yeah yeah that makes sense yeah yeah I think that's what um yeah that was just the part I really liked about the show is that the character or the villains at least were like you could mostly see what you could see the good that they wanted sure. even if it was like in a like a shit sandwich like and typically that's how it is <laughs> yeah yeah and you're just like oh okay. great it's putting it <laughs> it's like it's like there's a nugget in there you're like oh that's a really gross way to say that amongst, but amongst <laughs> other like very squishy nuggets yes yeah, so which other like shitty nuggets <laughs> i'm sorry sandy i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> i thought that was that, that's like a nice part of this that that is that was a difference from the other from the other avatar that I really enjoyed, sure. you know, because like, yeah, I was like, just kind of sucked. And we were all just like, it was always hooks. It was easy that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The last part I wanted to say for this section is fucking Varric. Fucking Varric. Like, we love Varric. Do the thing, Julie. Julie. And uh, <laughs> just so much fun to watch every time he's on screen, even when he was evil for like a season. <laughs> yeah. It's one season of evilness. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. My bad. He's and like, he at least is, he apologized about it. <laughs> Um, these are really cool. Really, like, there's a there's a wacky theory that he's the reincarnation of Sokka. Um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> which I thought was really. I don't know if it has any merit, but I just thought that was cute. I like that. Mm-hmm. right. It kind of like leads into leads into that. He's hairstyle to the personality to everything, and mm-hmm. then like like always telling. I was taking a coding class for a while, and I used to always tell this one uh, girl in our group. I was like, "Do the thing, Julie," and. <laughs> It, like my name on the text chat became Varric after that. Amazing! <laughs> it was fun. It was fun. I love that. Thank you. Uh, yeah, they had such lovable characters in this in this show. Like, um, you love Bolin. I know that. I love Bolin. I yeah. like Bolin. Is just like a sweet little angel baby, who just throughout the whole show is just like bumbling. Like still, like he's obviously like still like good at what he does. Whatever, Jacked like hell, Jack like hell, yeah. he's nook tuck. Like he's great. We love him. And then he's fucking magma bending at the end. Yeah, right? and like, like he, sacrificing himself to do it too. Yeah, and like, it's just it, like he's, he's fine, but like yeah, yeah. Like the whole time, like he was struggling, learning men- metal bending. He's like, I don't know, fun. It sucks. He's like, I'm a crappy bender. And then he's like, magma bending. Like which is, I think, infinitely way cooler. <laughs> Needed more screen time than Mako. That's what yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did have a brief discussion earlier about how Mako was everyone's least favorite. He's just useless. Like he de- he's supposed to like he's bending electricity in the in the power plants. I'm like, 
how are you a shitty firebender if you can do this fire? Yeah. It makes no sense. <laughs> what are you doing, Mako? This is supposed to be the highest level of firebending and you can't do any kind of basics. I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, Mako was... Um... Look like Spike Spiegel. That was the only thing cool about him. <laughs> Basically, yeah. He, he, he was just like, I feel like I felt disappointed by him all the time, like Same. by his decisions all the time. Oh, yeah. I was just like, man, you're kind of a turd. But if I knew more about him. If we had more depth to him, I'd be okay with those decisions. But like, yeah, wasn't anything for the sandwich to go with. Yeah. It was just bread. Just bread. And that's a boring sandwich. Yeah. Milk toast at best. <laughs> and I think that it, <laughs> that is something uh, because there were so many, so many characters in this show. There were so many lovable characters, but. There were also characters that I wished I would have gotten more time to know, like Asami. Like, I wish we would have gotten to know more about Asami. She's more of Asami. Like I said this before, she's the most capable member that's non-bender. And we only know her because she's beautiful. Yeah. That's like it. Yeah, she's beautiful and rich and smart. And like, which are like pretty great things. but Amazing. Amazing things. But like, I want to know more about Asami. Yeah, it seems like, like, what was it, you know, how did she learn how to do all these things? mm -hmm. That's really cool. That would have been really cool to know. Yeah, I feel like that was that's the only downside of having so many characters is you don't get to know everybody as well. That was one of the problems I had with the show. It was too many, too many. It's like My Hero Academia. Like, how do you keep track of all the characters that are here? Like, mm-hmm. it's kind of insane. Shall we jump to theories? Yes. Cool. Tell me the fan theories. All right. So a crazy one. The first time that um, uh, Ang's kids meet Zaheer and Zaheer has been like, the music's creepy when he's around. He has a creepy voice. Something about this dude. He's like, he just knows too much about the airbenders to do this shit. Mm-hmm. And the moment um, he gets air, like he gets the ability to airbend from Harmonic Convergence, uh, Kaya sees him, does not say a word, just attacks him. And she then no one follows up on why you like, why did you do that? You've like this entire time you've been here, you've been level headed, you've been funny. Why did you just attack a random stranger for no problem? So there's a theory that she knows that that is Aang's son from a different marriage. Whoa. And uh, would explain why he knows so goddamn much about the airbenders and why he's so fucking adept at it. So like, not every... Like, you could still technically do all the movements in bending and not bend, and he's way too good at them. And don't tell me that this is just a plot device. It's like, oh, he's just adept at martial arts. Fuck that. These guys train all the time. What is up with this? So... Yeah, that's an interesting theory because like, I was, I was just thinking about this because like, when he... Like when he re- when he gets his airbending, he uses it to escape the the prison that he's trapped in. Yeah, and he just overpowers these white lotus guards who are yeah. supposed to be really like they're white lotus. Yeah, and they're supposed to be like the best. Yeah, right. Uh, you don't just become a white lotus like you are recruited for that shit. Yeah, you're yeah. supposed to be really good. Yeah, <laughs> and he fucking crushes them. Of course, they, he wasn't a airbender. He wasn't an airbender before. He didn't have any bending powers. So like. There is an element of surprise, but he continually past that is shows how adept he is at bending. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was really interesting. But then, then he fights Tenzin. And you bring it up? It was neck and neck for a while. I remember that. No. Really? No, he's getting his ass handed to him by Tenzin. Strike it from the record. Go ahead. Tenzin is the Tenzin only gets overpowered because the others get over like the others come and come to um so here's eight you know what now oh, okay now it's coming back to me he's beating his ass the whole time yeah 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 overpowering yeah. him overpowering mm-hmm. he gets a couple of good licks on tenzin but tenzin is just dominating him okay and i love that because tenzin should be better than him yeah he's yeah. a master he's, he's supposed he's lived with it yeah yeah and it, it was just like 
that was such a cool Tenzin moment. For just, I love Tenzin. I'm so glad that we had Tenzin in the show. Mm-hmm. Great voice actor. Such a wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. He's such a wonderful, wonderful like, like the spirit of Aang lives in Tenzin a little bit. You know, it's not fully Aang, but like it kind of feels like. And a lot of Katara, though. I was going to say. A lot of Katara. His, his uh, passion and anger is definitely his most. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 That, that's, that was so cool. Uh, yeah. So that's why I said. I really, I really did love his character. And I loved how he was, like, started off as, like, this, like, sort of, like, pseudo-parent to Korra. Like, kind of, like, giving her advice because he was, like, her teacher and all this stuff. And Tutoring. She was like, get away from me. But, like, in the end, they became friends. They were helping each other. And it was just, like, they were truly... Um, There's that beautiful moment where he's, she's giving back bending abilities to everybody. She's like, I'm proud of you. And you see her eyes, like, well up. Mm-hmm. I love that for them. I'm like, look at you guys. Growing and being pals. Becoming friends. Like, and genuinely enjoying each other's company. That's a great point. I love that. Like moving beyond mentor and mentee, just like literally enjoying Tara's company. Beautiful. <laughs> and then the second one I had, this is the end of my theories, by the way. That Sokka and Toph had kids, mm-hmm. which is where uh, Su Yin comes from. Because if you look at her, her complexion is darker. She has more of a angular kind of jaw. But Tar Jr., the grand, his looks a lot like allegedly Sokka. way too much like him. <laughs> like if you just gave Sokka glasses and a goatee, you'd have, you'd have, Batar Jr. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you can't tell me that this was just done. Oh, he looks somewhat like him. Yeah. Which begs the question, what the fuck happened to Suki? Because she's not even mentioned in the series. Yeah, I feel like Sokka is such a, an interesting character in that we don't hear virtually almost anything about him like in in Korra. Like, right. you know, you talk about Zuko a little bit, talk about Aang, talk about Katara because she's there, like talk about Toph a lot, but like Sokka? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, a couple That's visions. about it. Yeah. That's it. And I hope that, because um, I know that that uh, the gang as adults, that movie is on the horizon somewhere. Yeah, there's so some, like, it's had some answers over there. It's and kind I... of funny. They just kind of grabbed them and like pulled them and made them taller. <laughs> it's like, they're taller and we put a beard on some of them. <laughs> they're adults. That's about right. Mm-hmm. And they have the same outfits. And I'm just like, that's great. Yeah. Like I would wear the same. I, I wear virtually the same stuff I did when I was 14 also. So and you pull really not that different. You pulled off great. And I pull it off. Um, like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a, oh, this is another one I just remembered. Uh, last theory I'll probably say is like Ty Leap, uh, in some form or fashion probably helped teach him on. Mm-hmm. Because I remember reading, I brought this up in the last episode too, but like there was a Wikipedia writing that I saw and it was changed afterwards. But someone put a, on the Wikipedia article for Korra that Tylee eventually leaves the Kyoshi Warriors, starts her own anti-Bender uh, Rebellion, and teaches them chi blocking. And I'm like, that makes sense. Why didn't we follow that, <laughs> that line? Yeah. So, so there's a theory that, that there goes around that Amon, some, in addition to his bloodbending, learned how to like knock people down. Mm-hmm. Easier for that. Yeah. So I get the feeling, I get the feeling this is just a beginning. What do you mean? All of, all of the, all of our feelings of like, I wish we had explored more of this or explored more of that. I think we're, I think we've just barely scratched the surface of how much of this universe that we're going to explore. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about like as the like as the productions are going on? Yeah, the three of us. Okay, so yeah, I'm cool. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I think that we're. I think we've just scratched the surface. I think with all of the projects on the horizon, with all of the accessibility for like producing stories and stuff like that. I think I think there's so much there's enough interest that we're gonna get more and more and more like content. Well, and that's really exciting. That's a really exciting thought. 
you know, maybe it doesn't pan out, but I think it will. Um, there's so many people that love Avatar and, yeah. and um, people people are returning to Avatar even after the 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 uh, M. Night Shyamalan movie. So, yeah. thank God. We just all pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. That's okay. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I was talking about how vast the, the, the story is and it's just, there's something that was, that Toph was talking about with her, uh, when she was talking about her daughters and she was hanging out with Korra in the swamp and Korra, uh, she tells Korra that Korra still has metal in her blood. Yeah. Mm. And Korra's like, but your daughters didn't find that. Like, why? And Toph is like, well, they never really got a hang up, which just oh makes God. me go like, what? <laughs> and it's just like, like, especially considering like all of the, like they are the, like they made Jafu. Yeah. yeah. Like, they, it's, they, the rest of the world sees them as the pinnacle of metal bending. And Toph is like, ah. <laughs> they barely scratched the surface. I mean, that's so exciting. That's cool. I mean, like, she did have, like, just factually, she has years on them in terms of metal bending, metal bending. So that makes sense. I mean, sense. she, like, created it. So, yeah. And it's just like when you think about Toph's connection with Earth as material, like, it's unparalleled. It is unparalleled. unparalleled. Yeah. I like that. I like that also as a martial arts, like, from a martial arts perspective of, like, that's a good point. It's like, you know, some, like, we see some of these. Do you see the younger crowd like heading it, but then like their teachers are like, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. Well, it's like, it's just like, there's so much to this. There's so much to learn about these things. There's so much to, there's much more than just the techniques of something. Mm -hmm. There's Mm -hmm. deeper understanding. There's like nuances on it. There's, yeah, it's, it's like a, you know, and like, what, what else does Toph say? She says, I'm more connected to the rest of the world than you'll ever be. You know, it's like. (laughs) She could, she could, she could fucking feel everything through her feet. Actually, like yeah. legitimate through her feet. Yeah. It's just, you know, like I don't know. There's, there's so much to explore. Yeah, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what kind of future projects come out that that we'll get to like, we'll get to see not just the characters that we love, not just like their offspring, but just like the the bare bones of Avatar. Like the elements and the world, it's all so vast and any direction is just so interesting. There's so many beautiful directions that we can go. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I I don't know how I'm going to top that because I feel like that's the best place to call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like we're, lo- we're looking forward to the direction yeah. that it that they go whether it's back in time or making new stories the like it we have so much to draw from we have so much to do um we're about to have yeah. a watch party oh yeah oh we got like two months right a month and a half yeah something like that. Oh, so, yeah. i'm excited. So excited thanks for starting that off that's yeah cool. and i'm de- i definitely plan on reading kiyoshi's books before then okay. i probably should too yeah we'll see how that goes okay no i i started i i looked at it and i was like you're next and I told the book that the other day. I believe you now. Yeah. The only thing I'll probably say is like, we've hit a lot of the points. There was, Cora felt rushed, but it still had a lot of value. There were a lot of things kind of hodgepodged um, and shoved together, but there's a lot of problem in writing and a lot of problems from misogynistic fans, but altogether, a lot of value in the show. Yeah. I think, I think we can agree. Yeah. It's not even just worth a watch. It's worth several watches. I want to rewatch it for sure. And I think like... I think I might too after this. Yeah. yeah, I think the just the connection, like connecting with the story is just 
it's so it's so different than the first one and it that yeah i think that's where its value is that it is just it's a more mature story it's a more nuanced story right even if it was rushed or whatever it was just great it's great i love cora go watch it sorry (laughs) yeah go watch it we all love it yeah all right well Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah. It's pretty much all we got today. Oh, yeah. We talked for another. We talked a lot today, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, fan peeps! Thanks for listening, and I'd love any feedback you have for me. Please follow the Facebook page. They need a hobby, and follow us everywhere, social media wise, under the handle at t n a h pod. That goes for Twitter and Instagram. And one of these days, I'll be super popular. Yeah.